Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome, everyone. Joni Petty from Resilient People joins me today to discuss how online meetings are eliminating constructive conflict within teams. Now, many of you are very familiar with Joni's Sleep Your Waste, the top podcast series and her biohack series, which both focused on helping the individual to learn to unleash their personal potential. But what you might not be that familiar with is the great work that Joni does to ignite optimal team performance. And we are thrilled to have Joni joining us today to give us some insights into building teams that are not only resilient, but that perform optimally. So welcome, Joni. Thank you, Karen. Yep, it's all about optimal team performance in this very difficult world of power, pace, and I always call it power, pace, and punch, actually. Fantastic. So, Joni, let's start. Post-pandemic, have we, have organizations and teams actually shifted yet from surviving into thriving? I think they have in some ways, in some ways not. I'm cautious, Kieran, about being too definite, too generic, too kind of, this is how it's all happening. I'm seeing uh, post-pandemic, there are teams that are thriving and using this Tuckman model, the whole forming, storming, norming, and performing, is so many team leaders are saying to me, hey, Joni, we've had our best year ever. So if that's your barometer and the numbers are on the scoreboard, then you are thriving. However, there are cracks in those teams and you cannot sustain that performance. And that is the worry for me. We've gone from post-pandemic, we've reformed and maybe a new few new team members, a few have left, and now we like get going and do well, but we can't sustain that high level. Absolutely. And as you were saying, many teams are coping and functioning well, but in, especially in our new online lives, I don't think we, we thought we'd ever get to a point where some people, some teams have never actually met in person yet, or people are being onboarded into organizations they've never been into a physical office. But, and many people are essentially saying that they're definitely, there's a definite call not to return to the way things were. But how is how efficient is online in really that team creation process or the stages that teams move through? How effective is it to try and build a totally online team? Or what are some of these cracks coming through in us maintaining this very online way of life and way of work? I think the first thing is that What I would like to be categorical about, Kieran, is that this new way of work and this hybrid online and in person is probably here to stay. It's just too jolly enticing to be able to work from home and feel like you're more productive and have this work-life integration in a better way and be able to maybe take an afternoon off to watch a child's hockey game and still catch up at night. So really do that without the guilt factor. So I think that's here to stay. How efficient is it is your question. And I think if you acknowledge as a leader that there's different leadership skills needed at each of the stages, then you can manage this hybrid work well. 
So you can have, let's look at how we're forming, let's get together, cheek to jowl, what's our team task if we're in the forming stage? What is our purpose? What's our charter? What's our goals? And have that collaboratively discussed. And obviously the leader might be direction setting, but certainly to get buy-in, you need participation. And then at that forming stage, you also need relation building. So who are you? Where do you come from? How do I know you? Some energy in the room around that. And different leadership is needed at each stage. So if you have this hybrid way of working, there's time in the office where you do each of these things. You notice where your team is at, because obviously you slide up and down this team development model. And then you go back to working from home. So as long as you can really keep a good eye out on what is happening and what is needed, that's important as a leader. Absolutely. And so could you take us through possibly some of the stages? I think you've mentioned Tuckman's model. I'm not sure how many people are familiar. It is something that is taught and has been around for quite some time, but maybe just give us a refresher on the stages of team development according to Tuckman's model. I'll I'll make it short and succinct because then it's easier for memory. So we come together and we form as a team. And I join your team, Karen, and you say, okay, Joni, this is the purpose of what we do. And uh, this is where we're going. And this is what our big, hairy, audacious goal is. So that's the forming. So I come into the team and we're forming where we're going, what's our mandate. And then we really want to know at that forming stage who we are. Who's Karen? Where does she live? How many kids? What are her hobbies? Some of those basics, which I have to admit, until I really started using Tuckman's model on teams, I'm not so good at. I'm like, okay, here's the team, here are the goals, here's the vision, let's get going. <laughs> do we need to know how many children and hobbies? But yes, you do in the forming stage. Once you've formed as a team and you've got this nice kind of cohesiveness going, I am observing that teams are not going through the next stage, which is the storming stage. So it is difficult online when you've got a thumbnail view of someone just from the head down to the neck and none of the other body language to storm. So what is that storming stage? This is where we can really debate, we can disagree, we can discuss differences, we can discuss what ifs, we can really start to brainstorm how we address things. And actually, when we're not in an in-person meeting, the storming is so jolly difficult. When you think about it online, Kieran, in the storming second stage, you will talk, I need to listen. Whereas around a boardroom table, I'll be like nudging the person next to me. You'll be watching that and you'll be going, hey, Joni, I was saying something like, clearly that's not sitting well with you. And you can bridge into my conversation or I can interrupt you more easily. So that storming stage is so useful from two perspectives, the tasks in the team and the relationship questions, making sure that we've got psychological safety. How do you build that trust? Equal conversation taking, every person has a voice. So that's the storming stage. And that's what I think is really missing in this hybrid way of working. The third stage in Tuckman's model is the norming stage. And that's new agreements. That what are we doing? How do we develop our norms? I'm not going to start working at 8.30 every morning. I'm going to have different norms for me because of my lifestyle, etc. What are the processes we have in place? What are the systems? What are the decision-making tools we are using? How do we evaluate the risks that we need to be taking? Are we going for those opportunities? So developing some of those norms, both task again and relationship. And then Tuckman had a fourth stage and a fifth stage. The fourth stage 
is the performing. That's where you really are in flow. That's a beautiful top part of the model where we're doing well. We know we're doing well. We also open to opportunities and improvements. And we also, as team members, we celebrate success. We acknowledge each other. We give recognition. And we just are, it's that lovely feeling of, hey, it's juicy to come to work today, whether it's online or in person. He had a, years later, he put in a fifth stage, which I think is a good fifth stage, is the adjourning stage. And very often teams that I'm seeing worldwide, are they come together for a certain mandate and they perform really well and then that team closes down. And I think that should be done properly. How do we adjourn? How do we close off? How do we acknowledge each other? And how do we have a full stop at the end of that, that project that we've done together? So four stages mainly, but there is that fifth stage. Absolutely. And I think just following on from what you've said, we don't often adjourn. And I remember just from my past career as a consultant, and you moved from project to project and you had to team pretty quickly, but you never really got to say goodbye. And you'd been through, sometimes you felt you'd been to like war together almost, but there was never really much closure. But it does concern me what you're saying in terms of skipping the storming stage, because essentially without storming, teams struggle to move into not only the norming, but then the performing stage, which is essentially where we're needing our teams to be if we're driving innovation, collaboration, etc. But what are some of the reasons that they're missing the storming stage? And my guess would be typically in an online format, it's just so easy for members to, to disengage as opposed to storm. So what are some of the reasons that they're that are leading to this? Their disengagement, whether you like the term or not, is that quiet quitting people are speaking mm. about. So they're there, but they're just in their comfort zone and they're not engaged at all. So I think that's one of the reasons. I just think as humans, we forget the energy component. So in the emotional intelligence world, we say emotions drive people and people drive performance. So in the storming stage, we're not getting that emotional interplay. One of the leaders I spoke to actually yesterday for her team, and she's in the financial world. She said, Joni, and I asked her, we were doing another piece of work. I said, what's your storming like? So she said, we're not really storming. No, we're not. Actually, that's a good point. We're performing well, we're not storming. No, this cheek to jaw, we're not doing. And then she just quickly whizzed into a car analogy. She said, actually, our vehicle is getting from A to B, but mm -hmm. something is firing in my team journey i don't know quite what it is we're not firing on all cylinders and it's because your first point karen is such a good point some team members have not met each other so mm -hmm. she's a introvert as a leader she's loving working from home she said i'm in contact with everybody every day but i think you've got a point we haven't really got around a boardroom table and got to know each other and debated things and allowed this divergent thinking so it's it's interesting, especially if you have a team leader who's introverted and a team leader, she's not conflict averse, but many of my very senior execs are like, if we're going to be productive, we don't waste time arguing. It, we just, what I say goes and let's get it done. Perfect. There are many reasons, but it's exacerbated now in this hybrid world. And we, how do we know? Because burnout is up 60, 70%. And seriously, people are burning out. Absolutely. So, Joni, just as we bring today to a close, it's really what can leaders do about this? So, hybrid world is here to stay, mainly online teams. And I'm thinking even if you do have the opportunity to perhaps, if you're a locally based team, set up that time to meet and that physical location is important. But 
I mean, there's teams all over the, across the globe now, and certainly sometimes that's not a reality. How do we get better at this? What can leaders do to make sure that their teams are moving through the stages of team development appropriately? The really silver wand is to get around a boardroom table. Some mm-hmm. of my teams worldwide are across continents. They can't do that. So what can leaders do is get around a boardroom table and actually ignite some of that. Let's put some of the stuff on the table. How can we flip it 180 degrees? How can we break it apart? How can we think about this vastly differently? How can we have some constructive, tough conversations around what we're doing? So really orchestrate getting, surfacing some disagreements. And I think that's important. And if a leader is less authoritative and more participative, that is far easier to do. That's the first prize. Second prize is if you've got to do it across continents, then you also set that time aside. And maybe you set it aside in an afternoon where it's relaxed, people want to have a glass of wine, they can, and we just go, okay, how do we how do we devil's advocate what we're doing? How do we really do that? And can I ask you, Karen, why you make these meetings at these times, why you don't do that, etc. So it's a kind of a relaxed free for all if you've got to do it on online. I love Adam Grant's quote, Karen, that the absence of conflict is not harmony, it's apathy. So if you're not having these heated, courageous debates, then there's probably this quiet quitting in your team. So yeah. leaders need to, they need to poke the bear. <laughs> they need to actually make these things happen and not avoid them. Absolutely. I think that's some phenomenal advice. Joni, so great to have you back with us and looking forward to your future pearls of wisdom in this team space as we all journey along to, to figure this out. So thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure. Thank you, Kieran. Have a great day.